30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host with the most hotter than French toast coming at you coast to coast, the most electrifying man on the pod waves, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the Nerdy South, and joined by the co-host, the podfather, the, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy. He is the juice, people. He is freshly squeezed. He is the doctor of nerdonomics. He has a PhD in nerdlosophy and a bunch of PhDs and things that you have no, no clue what they're about. Because it's just above your pay grade. <laughs> Dr. Davis. What's up, Josh? Uh, I don't know how freshly squeezed I am today, but I am here. And I am happy to see you, and I'm happy to be back. Yes. We just went so, we went so hard in October, we had nothing left and had to take a couple weeks to recover. Yeah, it was crazy, man. We, we <laughs> hit October so hard, and, and then life was just like, you know that schedule you were so pleased with making? Yeah. Not going to happen. Not today, Junior. <laughs> you ain't making schedules on my time. <laughs> and here we are so since halloween what have you been up to my friend oh man it, it's been since halloween since we've done this huh mm-hmm. uh i know that was a long time ago uh, uh quite quite a few days ago uh but it also sort of feels like it was just yesterday yeah i'm at that point in the uh director stage where i'm like I need, I'd like more time. Yeah. Time is running out. Time, the, the day is coming very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm referring to the opening of our big musical uh, on December 8th. I've done all I can do up to this point, And I know that. But I still have this panicked feeling of like, oh my gosh, what else? What else? What am I missing? What am I missing? Is it going to happen? Is it going to be okay? Is it going to come together? And the answer is yes, it always does. Yeah. But 
at the same time, I wouldn't be me if I didn't panic and worry a little bit. So a lifetime you have lived and still you have no time. Yeah, that's me. That that is me living the high school musical dream. Ah, yes. So, uh, yeah. so are, is everything coming together set wise and stuff? How's it? How's it looking? Uh, yeah, we've had we've had the majority of the set for a long time. Well, that's a good thing to have. But we've not been able to use it because it's not been pieced together properly. Okay. And we were waiting on some stairs. We have stairs, four sets of stairs, uh, and we were waiting on those to get finished. And then found out we were lacking the casters, the wheels that go on it because there was like a shortage. So I finally got those. We got everything together. I bought paint today, five gallons of black paint at Lowe's today. Uh, and so hopefully we'll have that going for us in the next few days. Pretty much it's all ready. We just got to we get we have all the pieces out spread out. We just got to put them all together. That's kind of where I'm at. Mm. So, but it will be great. We have a billboard. We have posters that we started putting up today. Um, we have many costumes. Good. I contacted all the media the other day. Tickets are on sale. Like we've done all the things. Yeah. So check off all the, all the boxes. And, but I have to say, man, uh, you know, we're still about a month away from your opening and it, it seems like you're getting close to the point where you just need an audience. Um, I, we're not ready for an audience, but it will help tremendously because yeah. so many of these kids, a huge majority of these kids have never performed in front of an audience before. And so they don't understand that sense of like, Oh wow. Somebody really is watching me. I do have yeah. to like turn the face on and turn the body language on and the energy. I actually have to do those things that I've been told over and over again to do that. I roll my eyes about because I'm hearing it again, you know, uh, but once you get out there and you you feel that energy between an audience and, mm. and the, the people on stage and all that good stuff, like something magic just happens. It's just like this switch flips. And that's the thing that I'm looking forward to. So there's a lot of things I have to just remind myself, like you've been doing this for a long time. You know how this works. It's not going to be, you know, ready and it's not going to be what yeah. you envision right away. Yeah. And it, even if it's never what you envision, it will be okay. And a lot of things that you didn't expect to happen will click and they will. Yeah. Happen. It's yeah. part of the magic. So yeah, I just have to try to breathe and remind myself of that. But tell me about you. Well, went into a new position at work after returning from the surgery, kind of since I couldn't stand for long periods of time or, or walk a lot for long distances and time, uh, I was helping our retail and merchandising manager, Mallory, with a lot of stuff, which I, I learned a, a, a great deal of respect for this, her ins and outs every day, all the stuff she has to constantly do. Um, she's in charge of retail and merchandise <laughs> for all four stores. So like when they run out of something, she's building a pallet for them, calling Andrew, who's at our warehouse to come get the truck to take two. You know, like if if Nashville calls and says, hey, we need more red TriStar shirts, she has to 
you know, get it out there to him. So she's not just for our store. She's she runs around like a chicken with her head cut off for our store. Uh, but I've also learned that she's handling the other three stores as well. So uh, and then um, kind of shifted into this position and talked with Vicky and Brian, uh, who who are fantastic to work for. Um, and I, there's not really like a, the working title is kind of like content and outreach coordinator or something like that. But like I'm assistant to Brian. So the assistant to the general manager. (laughs) 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 Um, And I do a lot of work with uh, designing stuff for Sevierville exclusively and Newport area exclusively. Uh, I take, I take stress off of Brian, off of Vicky, off of Ling, who's our social media manager and off of Mallory. And so amongst all that, it's, it's usually a busy day, but I'm upstairs with Mallory, got a, a desk and, and getting to do a lot of content creation. And, and right now, one of the big projects we're working on to, and I've, I've learned patience through it because, well, I've not learned patience. I want to do it tomorrow, <laughs> I was but about to say, teach me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've learned um, to respect the uh, chain of command and the rungs of the ladder a little more and kind of seeing how that works within our business. Um, You know, just the ideas that me and Lang and Daniel discuss amongst the four stores, you know, what you do. All those ideas are great, but we have to, like, have the equipment to do them. And to get that equipment, we have to put out a big proposal and plan that and sell that to the owners. Why you need to invest in A, B, and C, because it will get our image out, our blah, blah, blah out better to make more money. I've I've learned a little bit of those ins and outs and uh, a little bit more respect for them uh, and the patience you have to have. I'm not saying I have the patience. I'm saying it's teaching me you have to have the patience. Um, but it's been fun, man. I mean, uh, got our, our TikTok going live for Tennessee Legend Distillery. Um, that'll be run between me and Ling. And uh, so if you all are out there, it's uh, Tennessee Legend Distillery on TikTok. You can find us. Um, uh planning content constantly uh, it's it's just a lot of fun but it's a lot of uh a lot of different things i don't get to just like sit at a laptop and like what if we did this so it's a lot of go 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 but i'm i'm liking it i'm, I'm excited um and of course if you know if if there's an emergency arise you can just holler up at me and go hey tyler we need help on the bar and i'll come down uh, other than that, man, Peter and the star catcher, we had a great opening weekend, great crowds. Um, uh, it was, it was nice to see it, uh, finally come to life. Uh, it really is a, a beautiful story, mm-hmm. uh, to tell. And, um, I think the one, the one funny thing that I, I think was funny to, to watch the different audiences is how long it took them to realize it's a comedy. 
you know, right. like, oh, this is like Mel Brooks, Monty Python comedy. And so like, oh, we can laugh. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to laugh. So each audience, it took them different times to realize like, oh, this is funny stuff. Takes them a while to warm up. Yeah, to warm up. Um, Depending on who's there. Yeah, yeah. But we've had good audiences and uh, people are actually like, on social media posting about it and like you got to see this it's going it's really good go check it out so uh if you're in the area uh this is our closing weekend uh friday and saturday at 7 30 and sunday at 2 30 at walter state come check it out and uh <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of events uh got to help uh put on the on its its uh its feet this event we had at work chicken for charity uh, we had a good turnout today. Uh, it was a little cold, so I think some people thought it was going to be outdoors, but we were indoors. Uh, we had a good turnout. Uh, our dear friend Brant even showed up for it. So thank you, Brant. And uh, shout out to my mom and nephews for showing up as well. Uh, they had a blast just sitting at the checker table watching Batman the Animated Series and eating chicken and fries. <laughs> uh, but it was a pretty good turnout. The OEB thing, man, uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, the ice bears are really cool. Uh, they were kind enough to, and I forgot it in the car to show you, but, uh, we got an OEB shirt and the front of it's all autographed by the ice bears. Nice. To hang up in the recording area and they've given us two media passes so we can just go whenever we want and just show that media pass. And we don't have like a set set chair but like we can just go around and take video like, we can go like to all this is like for all yeah. season yeah this is for all season. <laughs> nice yeah, we're just we're with the media we're, yes we are yes we're sir. With the media uh but everybody it was it was kind of exciting uh like getting to meet all the people and i talked to a couple of the twitch streamers so we're going to try to set up some conversation with them and okay and Talked with the coach and Tim, who's over OEB. Uh, right. To meet him. Right. And uh, they're even talking about, like, one of the games maybe getting us to drop the puck at the beginning. Oh, sweet. And I was like, oh, I don't – Josh can drop it. He can get hit. Maybe he'll get <laughs> I'd be too scared to be around. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take like, the hit. <laughs> um, but uh, – Sign me up. The night that we're actually in the box seats, we're, we're close to the – we're down on the ice behind the glass and they'll like bang on the glass and get oh, hit up hope, against it. I and... hope they get into fights right in front of us. Oh yeah. You go to the fights and a hockey game breaks out yeah. pretty much. Pesky hockey game. I love it. But they're, uh... yeah, I, w- I was at the arena last week cause we took Emma to Disney on ice and I was looking around. It's like, I've been coming to this arena for years. Mm-hmm. And I've never noticed any box seats, but yes. I hear that we get to go sit in some sort of box seat area at the Ice Bears game. And I'm looking yes. around, I'm like, there's no box seats here. So now that you describe They're it that way, like the down ice. there on the ice, um, <laughs> yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Because we're thinking box seats like Neyland Stadium. like Yeah, like yeah. A, a chocolate fountain, perhaps. Yes, and, uh, yes. A fondue uh, fountain. Uh, an ice sculpture in the shape of a swan. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, when I was drum major at Tusculum College, 
Uh, I got to go up into the press, the president's press box at after the halftime show every Ooh. game. And they had like bouquets made out of candy bars. So I'm up there like stuffing my pockets with Snickers and taking them back. Like, hey, I'm hey, a college drum- student. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, drumline, you guys want some Skittles? Here you go. Here you go, color guard. Like passing out the candy. Making like, I was green, Robin Hood. Green musketeers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was the Robin Hood drum major taken from the president's box office. And <laughs> <laughs> throwing it out to the band kids at Tusculum College. <laughs> but needless to say, you know, like between our uh, events with our sponsors and uh, stuff going on in our, our regular day jobs and our life, you know, we got a lot going on. And we are busy boys, busy boys. Uh, if you if you enjoyed October, uh, you know, thank you for tuning in. October was really big. We always I to, certainly enjoyed it. I did, too. We always try to make October big. And this one was was no different. It was pretty exhausting. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, I, I did have rehearsal and work on, uh, or not work. Uh, I did have rehearsal on Halloween, so I did not get to do the traditional go trick or treat with the nephews. Um, but you know, alas, live theater. Uh, so for this month, we have dubbed it Nolan vs. November, and we're going to be breaking down and discussing and revisiting uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Uh, and all of its glory that it brought us uh, in the late 2000s. We're just going to be talking a little bit about those three movies this month, along with everything else that pops up. Uh, For instance, you know, The Rings of Power has ended. Uh, I've seen a lot of good and bad from it, uh, which we've constantly on this show said you're not going to please 100% of the people 100% of the time. Never. I enjoyed it. Uh, I liked at the end the Easter exit dropped of who characters were actually that we did not know uh, and did not realize you're speaking in code because I have not yet finished rings of power Uh, as the Lord of the Rings fan that I am quite a big one. uh, Time has eluded me over the past few weeks. I've been exceptionally busy, so I've not had time to just sit down and watch rings of power. And I don't know. Other things happen like during the run of the show, like, uh, I had a Disney trip or something happened yeah. and like it yeah. kind of messed up my, like I'm, I was behind on Andor and everything. Yeah. So I haven't seen rings of power. I think I'm like two or three behind. Well, I think you'll like it. I think you'll I'm like sure the, finale. I will. the thing is when we found out this was going to be in the second age, I think a lot of people expected like, Oh, well this thing's going to be on for 30 years, you know, and we're going to go, through the entire second age. Then uh, yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. The people who were kind of up in arms about, well, there are things happening in the second age that technically is a little too early. Because technically it's the third age that's supposed to happen. It's going to happen like that. It's it's yeah. based on the works adaptation. of J.R.R. Tolkien. It's an adaptation. And we've got to get to these points quick because shows end and begin like, you know, like the weather. I mean, this show probably might get five seasons. It might get 12. It might, we don't know. So they've got to tell these stories pretty quick. I, I will tell you this. One reason I wasn't so uh, gung-ho about trying to finish it quickly was 
one of the last ones I saw, I remember like we got to the end of it and I looked at my wife and I was like, man, that was a snooze fest. Like I really didn't like it. I yes. thought it was boring. It was like five or six or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, she, yes. Guys, Some of them have been a lot of exposition. And, man. Oh man. And, yeah. So not a lot of action in some of them. And I get that. I get that it's Tolkien and it's world building, but I enjoyed the finale. I can't wait to talk about it with you. Um, the one thing that we, we didn't get to talk about in real time, I, I messaged our dear friend, Beth Crowley. <laughs> Beth Crowley and said, what are your thoughts? And she sent back three letters. WMGTF. WTF. Um, <laughs> The Gale of Rivia replacement, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the Black Adam. Uh, if you saw Black Adam, you know, in the post credit scene, we got the great return of Henry Cavill as Superman. But it sounds like with that, we get the loss of him as Geralt of Rivia. Um, he has been, there will be a season four, but he will be replaced by Mr. Liam Hemsworth. What? definitely did talk about this i don't see on the on the show didn't we like we talked about this on a little bit yes yeah yes because we talked a little bit about um the contract at netflix and what that can entail and it sounds like since we got him back as one we have to lose him as the other okay liam hemsworth can he do it could he pull it off probably i think so but I think it's doomed at this point. The fans have rejected it. They have yes. not. Basically, they're not going to say made anything, their choice. anything but the OG guy. Yeah, and they've made their choice already. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of unfair. But also. But to how, a point, I get it. How many people. And this is slightly different because this is a. A, a reboot of a franchise or whatever but like how many people were so up in arms about ba- uh, batman uh, yeah robert pattinson right yeah and then it turned out great yeah so maybe you know if they say you know whatever we're gonna do what we want to do anyway and they proceed with it because there's all this money tied to it already and it kept, let's be real people will probably still watch it yeah most I'll people check will it out still i'll still check it out i mean i haven't finished the I mean, last mom, one, but mom was pretty heartbroken too, but she was like, I guess we'll still watch it, even though Cavill's not Geralt anymore. And I was like, yeah, we'll still check it out. My my uh, initial intuition was like, oh, it's going to flash back and he's going to be a younger Geralt, which I think could have worked. Yeah. If like season four was without Cavill because they flashed back to a younger Geralt played by Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. And I was like, well, if they were going to change the time, then flash forward to old Geralt and old Siri and cast Mads Mikkelsen as old Geralt. Mm-hmm. He'd have been phenomenal. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know what it'll bring us. Uh, good luck to him for stepping into some pretty massive boots. Uh, but we did get Cavill back as Superman. And now we know that DC has made the right move. Took, a, took right. them long enough. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I think I know the answer. But, I mean, which would you rather have if you had to pick one, Superman or Geralt? It's difficult. <laughs> it's not difficult I, for me. I mean, yeah, I think I'd rather have him as Superman. Yeah. He was a great Superman. 
yeah. is a great superpower. And it's probably just the DC in me and the comic book in me. And I love The Witcher, but, you know, it's not in my top five franchises. Yeah. So I'd, I'd rather have him back as Superman and yeah. see where he can take the part, especially what seems like we're slowly distancing ourselves from Zack Snyder's Superman. He's going to be a little bit more lighthearted moving forward. The mm-hmm. Superman we know and love. But Black Adam uh, is where we got that. Uh, Black Adam still, uh, since the debut of Wakanda Ever, uh, just moved down to second place in the box office, which is, I guess, good for it. Um, what did you think of Black Adam? All right. So if I'm being completely upfront and honest about it, I need to give it another chance. I was really tired yes. uh, when we saw it. You were. And I, I nodded off just a little bit, okay, just for a moment. So that I missed a couple things. Um, I'll say this about Black Adam. It was very impressive visually. It was like really flashy, cool action mm-hmm. sequences. Mm-hmm. I love the rock. Um, and all that stuff was great. I feel like story was a little lacking, if I'm being honest. And and again, that's based on me missing about 20 minutes in the middle-ish area. Um, so I, I, I'm aware of that. Um, but I just felt myself like even in the beginning, like, wait, what, what is happening? Like things are moving really fast Yeah. and it's kind of all over the place. That's just how I felt. Yeah. But you know, I understand that there are a lot of feelings out there. Explosions, action, you know, great. Yeah. Superhero movie. If you're looking for that, man, they got it in spades. Mm. But did I feel much? Nah, not really. Did I? I think a lot. One of the comments I saw online is like they really relied on you knowing a lot about his universe without explaining it, just jumping into it. Uh, And, you know, like I didn't read a lot of Black Adam for years. Like I didn't start reading Black Adam until probably college. Um, And I didn't read much at that. So a lot of my Black Adam comes from like knowledge comes from like the Injustice games and um, the animated movies that they've done with like Superman versus Black Adam uh, and and Black Adam being in Young Justice. So I can't say that I'm well versed. I knew a little bit going in, uh, but I do kind of agree with that comment I saw online. It's like they they assume that, you know, a lot about Black Adam. And, and his world. Um, I did, however, enjoy the introduction of the Justice Society uh, and loved each one of those parts and absolutely adored, adored Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. I liked him, too. I knew since he was playing Kent Nelson's that when the trailers were running, I was like, and this is this is. Full spoilers, you've had time. Uh, if you haven't, go to the show notes. You can skip this part. Um, I knew we were going to lose him because he was an older Kent Nelson already. Mm-hmm. So if Dr. Fate continues, Zatara's got to pick up Zatanna's father and teacher. Zatara has to pick up the Hamlet and become the new Dr. Fate. But the Dr. Fate stuff, man, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, was there a reference to her? 
Um, or am I thinking of something else? I don't remember um, a reference. Yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it's time to bring old Zatanna into the yeah. live action world, um, especially if we're going to start playing with the mystical arts and stuff. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I do see a, I do have a little bit of qualms. Um, I do see that the story is a little, you know, kind of here and there. And some of the cuts were like, oh, but he was just over there. And so, yeah, it was a little choppy at times, but I did enjoy it. And especially that post credit scene. Uh, uh, yeah, that was awesome. is, is building us up for a new world of DC and one helmed by the beloved man who gave us Peacemaker <laughs> and the Suicide Squad. Uh, James Gunn James is going to be heading up a lot of it alongside The Rock. The Rock's going to be pretty hands on, too, with the new DC universe. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I really am. Uh, but speaking of blockbusters, Wakanda Forever has come out and gained the biggest November opening for any movie in the history of film at $180 million in one weekend. That's We that's, contributed to that. We did. We did contribute. We were there Sunday, this past Sunday. And I will say spoilers as well, because the 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 ban, the 72-hour ban has been lifted. It's been well past that since it came out. Uh, so there may be a couple of spoilers here as well, if you haven't seen it. But uh, we went actually with some of the cast too of Peter and the Starcatcher and Maddie joined us and, and uh, it was it was it was fun. If you're following uh, Beyond Fandom podcast, formerly known as the East Coast Avengers, uh, JT does a fantastic job with uh, blogging when movies come out and like reviewing and stuff like that. We did something really cool this past time and he actually reached out to a lot of us podcasters and said, like, I want you to also send me a, a quick snippet of your feelings. And the one thing that I sent is it was a beautiful opportunity for us to say farewell alongside Shuri. It was a beautiful movie, man. I enjoyed it. Um, I really liked it, man. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely standing out as one of the top movies of the, of this phase. Yeah, for sure, man. Angela Bassett, whatever awards that give her an oscar she was incredible uh she was probably my favorite part of this man she was good she sold the hell out of that trauma she come every scene she was in she just Mm -hmm. commanded the yes the attention she i i wanted to see her more and it made spoilers again it made her loss suck oh. that much more because the queen She's is gone so and, powerful. and i just really fell in love with her in in this story mm-hmm. um i would have liked a little more iron heart i think yeah a little bit more would have been good we'll um, probably get a little bit more fleshed out in her series uh and the- oh that's true that's true yeah. uh and i thought uh namor was really cool oh. i thought he was great i thought that was a good choice what's what is it they called his his uh, underwater Talo uh, Takan something, something weird that. like that. Why are they not saying Atlantis? I don't know. Is there some other I, like? Is it a copyright thing? I don't think that DC owns the rights <laughs> to Atlantis. Atlantis is a real myth in our society, so I don't know if you can copyright Atlantis. Because uh, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I tried to look it up, but I I, I didn't find anything on that but 
from yeah they, they called it like tola con or something like it was that. yeah and it was different i was like why are we not calling them atlanteans maybe because like they were descendants of like actual yeah people like they wanted to give it more of a realistic sort of a backstory mm-hmm. yeah you know we've already got aliens and you know all that nonsense going on so mm-hmm. they didn't want to get it too far-fetched because they've really stuck to a pretty grounded origin for yeah most of the characters <laughs> yeah it's, it's very it's pretty uh grounded and it it added kind of a uh more realism to yeah. it, it actually being a native uh civilization goodness i'm just, choking to death that so just sorry. had to move to the water uh, as yeah. opposed to like oh they've been in water their entire life they're atlantean you know they were sunk at the bottom of the sea or blah, blah, blah. I loved the story of Namor that they told. Mm-hmm. And I think he really was very compelling at performing this, this role. And uh, this was not like... just as Namor, but as this king that has this traumatic backstory. This was like his first big role, wasn't it? Yeah, I think like his, he was in that show Sicario, Sicario or something like that. But yeah, this is, you know, he's 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 arrived on the scene and and already like people are clamoring for more Namor. Yeah, and I would I, I enjoyed. We it. might get we might be getting a Disney Plus series of him <laughs> and his people, um, because because we need some more Namora and Atuma. I'm sure that uh, we'll at least get him back around the Fantastic Four time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and Shuri. I mean, she, she did fantastic yeah. uh, selling the trauma of losing her brother. Um, and and mother. And mother. And and you, you the Killmonger cameo. I was like, brilliant. Bravo. Because I, I told Maddie one of the things I was worried about is in at the expense of making a moment, I was worried that they would have a CG T'Challa. Yeah, I was afraid of that, too. But they didn't. Yeah. And I, I respect that. Um, I will say, however, uh, there's been a lot of stink online about recasting. You'll recast Harrison Ford as General Ross but you won't recast T'Challa. I, I don't know if you've seen this, but there are some mm-hmm. people who are in arms about it. And I'm like, it's two different things. Uh, you very know, different. different characters. It's very different. You know, no offense to William Hurt. And uh, he did fantastic as Ross, <laughs> but Ross is a much more minor character. Honestly, he doesn't mean nearly as much. No, uh, no. The character does not mean as much to the universe as T'Challa does. I loved Wakanda Forever, man, and I will probably go back and see it. I thought it was beautiful. It was well done. It was done very respectfully, which is what a lot of people were wondering about going into it was, how are they going to do this? Yeah, um, how are you going to have a Black Panther sword with no Black Panther? Yeah. But you, um, they did. They, they passed down the mantle as, as it happens in the comics. Also, kudos to Winston Duke for his performance as M'Baku love yeah. stuff in this one i love the character of mbaku he is slowly becoming one of my favorites in the mcu uh even if it's little comical moments if it's a serious action moments i really like what winston duke's done with mbaku 
Um, but yeah, we lost the queen in this one and, but we're introduced to one, probably one of the best performances in an MCU film by Angela Bassett. Uh, it's up there for yeah. me. She just was incredible. just incredible. She was great. And before we take a quick break, we have to talk about another heartbreaking loss. Uh, one that, uh, that I just have not been okay with. Um, it's been a week almost and still not okay. Um, Kevin Conroy, our Batman, the reason that I fell in love with Batman and DC, um, because when we were coming of that age to watching stuff, we weren't reading comic books. We were watching cartoons and this Batman introduced us to not just the world of Batman, but DC comics. All right. Kevin Conroy was a lot of people's Batman. And when we ranked Batman in our season one episode, Kevin Conroy is at my top of my list because he is Batman to me just with his voice work alone and what that animated series did and what it spawned. I mean, he was, he also gave us the Arkham games and uh, some of the really good animated DC movies. Did you ever get the chance to meet him? No. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if you were at that one or not. Yeah, I got to meet him. He was a, a really lovely man. He signed uh, my volume one DVD set of the uh, animated series. I heard a story about him recently. I can't remember where it was or who told it, but apparently like after uh, 9-11, Kevin Connor went up to uh, Ground Zero and he volunteered to like help cook and to feed like the the firemen and stuff someone said something to him like hey you kind of sound familiar and he said oh well i you know i'm a voice actor and i do batman or i did batman or whatever he was like no way and he said yeah so he did his whole oh i am vengeance i am the night i am batman and the whole you know you can imagine all these poor guys after what they went through and what they've seen and and what they're doing and that was just one moment of just like joy from all these yeah. guys so i thought that was a great story uh one of my favorite uh stories about him is when he was coming into the animated series and when he was doing uh bruce and because he was the first to do bruce and batman in a different voice because adam west was just kind of adam west yeah and uh the way Keaton did it was just kind of, he was broody as Bruce, just as much as he was Batman. He said, I I just felt that, you know, he was like one of my favorite uh, plays to read was twilight of the Scarlet Pimpernel. And it's about this, this rich playboy, you know, elite during the day who at night dresses up and, saves people from the guillotine and saves people from crime in the streets. And he was like, so I think that, you know, that's why I wanted the mask to be Bruce Wayne. And, you know, just hearing the difference in the voice and the way he's flirty and playboy just in the voice acting and Batman would be totally different. Um, And then he found out years later that Bob Kane actually was a massive fan of Twilight of the Scarlet Pimpernel. 
when he was creating Batman Mm -hmm. and it was loosely based off of that character. And he was like, Oh my God, you know, that's just, you know, two different people in different eras getting the same feeling and the same idea. Uh, He was like, that was really cool. And I think that's awesome. Um, He was only, he was only 66, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Mark Hamill's, uh, Oh, I saw message about him was, was yeah. Put tears in my eyes. Um, yeah. but yeah, I've not been okay. Cause that was our Batman. And that was, um, that was, that was a big loss for, for pop culture. And he, for he will be greatly missed. There'll, yeah. there'll never be another one like him. Yeah. And just a sweet man. He was very sweet. Yeah. But we are going to step away and take a quick break. And when we return, speaking of Batman, we are going to be discussing Christopher Nolan's first installment, Batman Begins, when 30 and 30 Podcast returns. All good things must come to an end, just like Encore Theatrical Company's 16th season of great plays and musicals. Closing out this season is Peter and the Starcatcher. Based on the 2004 novel by Dave Barry and Ridley Pearson and adapted to the stage by Rick Elise, Peter and the Starcatcher provides a backstory for the characters Peter Pan, Mrs. Darling, Tinkerbell, and Hook, and serves as a prequel to J.M. Barry's original novel, Peter and Wendy. And to top it all off, it features our very own nerd and resident, Tyler. Don't miss Peter and the Starcatcher, presented by Encore Theatrical Company and in conjunction with Walter State Community College, on November 11th, 12th, 18th, and 19th at 7.30, with matinees on November 13th and the 20th at 2.30. The show will be performed in the Judge William H. Inman Theater on the Walter State Community College campus. For tickets to the show, or for season tickets for Encore's next exciting year, call 423-318-8331, or visit etcplays.org for more info. It's not just theater, it's Encore. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our king snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind the scenes features new deals, and are always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass, and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. 
Hello, my name is Nolan McDaniel, and I am the founder and executive director of Chat Academy Community School. Almost 18 months ago now, the dream of Chat Academy started with one singular focus, designing a school with community input in its DNA. And now we're proud to announce that we are finally entering the enrollment season for East Tennessee's only public bilingual school. So why Chat Academy? At Chat Academy, we're focused on supporting students to become the problem solvers that can tackle the local, regional, national, and global problems that we don't even know about yet. We're designing an academic model that allows students the opportunity to chase curiosity every day by centering the problem-solving process in every single class. We're layering that academic model with a bilingual approach. Not only do we believe in the immense value of bilingualism, we also know that research shows that bilingual learners approach the problem-solving process with flexibility and creativity that is unmatched. But we're not stopping at academics. As a community school, we believe in holistic supports and breaking down the walls of a school, a learning environment that is truly in, of, and for the community. Part of our holistic supports includes a commitment to social-emotional learning and character development through our whole village approach. So why Chat Academy? Because there is truly no other educational experience like it in our region. If you are the parent or guardian of a student that resides in Hamilton County who is currently in the fifth or sixth grade, we invite you to apply to Chat Academy Community School when our application opens on November 15th. The application window will be open for one month until December 15th, when admissions will then be based on a full blind lottery. If you're looking for more information about our school, the lottery system, or to submit an application, visit our website at www.chatacademy.org. We hope you'll apply today. Not only will you become a part of a one-of-a-kind educational opportunity, you will also be a part of the first classes at Chat Academy. Founder has a nice ring to it, huh? Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere. That's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Turn your wreck into a check, the ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check, we got your back now call OEB Law. Woke up all broke up and messed up, laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough. Couldn't work much and the bills are piling up. Insurance company wasn't paying up. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Call 546-1111. You're in pain, yeah, we got you. You can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. What's up, nerds? This is Rich from the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and you're listening to our Council of Nerds Brethren, 
the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Of course, when you're done with this awesome podcast, you can check out the 3 Fat Nerd Podcast wherever you get great podcasts just by searching 3 Fat Nerds. And if you want all your information about what we do over there, you can visit 8122productions.com. Now let's get back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Leader. I'm the writer and co-director of Feemy, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes, to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. We are into our breakdown and discussion of Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins, first in the Nolanverse, uh, written by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan, directed by Nolan himself, uh, released June 15th of 2005. Um, seems so long ago. Sure does, man. We would have been... 16, Soft, 17 sophomores yeah going into junior year <laughs> it had a budget of an estimated 150 million dollars goodness uh but worldwide box office brought in over 373 million dollars at the time massive amounts of money yeah today doesn't sound like a huge deal yeah. today studios would be questioning if they did a sequel uh, yeah. at 373 million uh, had a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes, starred Christian Bell, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Katie Holmes, Gary Oldman, Tom Wilkinson, and Killian Murphy. Juice, what are your first memories of Batman Begins? I don't really recall. I don't, I don't know. Um, my first, the first thing that comes to mind, though, is when I was whatever age we were when this happened. You know, I was, I grew up in the sticks, man. Like I grew mm-hmm. up in basically the Shire. Yeah. There was nothing around. So like if I was going somewhere, especially all the way in Knoxville, which is like an hour away, I probably had to find a ride with somebody. Um, so I had an older friend who I went to the movies with a lot and cause you know, he could drive and stuff. And I remember we drove through the parking lot of the Turkey Creek Regal Cinemas and I remember seeing Batman like was playing. It was on the times or whatever. Yeah. And I think we were talking about going, but we ended up going to see something else. So I never got to see it in theaters. And then I remember like I had a day off from school or maybe it was winter break or something, or maybe I was sick. I don't know, but I rented Batman so I could watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being disappointed. I didn't really? like it very much. Yeah. In the, in the beginning, uh, of, of the uh whole nolan thing i wasn't i wasn't digging it but now obviously i appreciate it a lot more because i'm older and wiser and yeah <laughs> you know we I, I know what's to come yeah so i appreciate it a lot more and there's things now that i realize and understand that i wouldn't have at yeah 15 years old or whatever obviously yeah. so yeah i think my first memory of it is i went with uh Caleb Smith, um, we were 
hanging out pretty heavily during those days. That was uh, the heat of the Halo days. Back when we system linked, you didn't have online or Xbox Live. I remember that. So you'd have like, you'd either have a bunch of dudes uh, hopped up on Gamer Fuel or Mountain Dew Mm -hmm. playing split screen Halo, or you had the system link, two different systems in two different rooms playing that way. Um, But we went and saw it. Uh, in the theaters and i remember initially not accepting i know shocker um this new (laughs) feel of that yeah it was you know it was christopher nolan and christopher nolan has his his tropes all of his movies sound and look alike they're very epic big Mm -hmm. scale yeah um, and they all have this certain look when it comes to cinematography. I mean, if you look at Tenet, you look at the Batman movies, you look at Inception, you look at about anything Christopher Nolan does, and it all has this same look and feel. And initially, you know, I didn't dislike the movie. I disliked like, oh, wow, you know, uh, they're taking it in, a, in this new direction but what I didn't know then was it was a better direction than the shit you had just been given. Yeah, this by is Schumacher. Fresh off of that whole yeah. Schumacher debacle, <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of people, I guess, had a bad taste in their mouth. Like, yeah. You know, so this was sort of a redemption mm-hmm. for that. I think another thing I didn't like about it, also shocker, when I talk about this, one of my favorite things about the MCU is that they have done such a good job with world building universe mm-hmm. building you know taking all the components put them together and christopher nolan's even said this his batman is not a batman that could exist in a larger dc universe there's not going to be a justice league there's not yeah. going to be you know all those outside elements this is a standalone batman universe mm-hmm. right um and so getting that feel or even early on i was like Oh yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's a lot more they could do. Like Batman yeah. sometimes hangs out with Superman and yeah. Wonder Woman, and like I want, I was hoping for all that. I wanted to yeah. see more characters. Uh, but now looking at it for what it is, yeah, just a Batman story, a solid, great Batman. Yes, story, a fantastic you know, origin story. It's a look at it with a totally different perspective. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, we have a much deeper respect for it now uh, at our older age and with what Dark Knight and Batman or and Dark Knight Rises uh, gave us uh, as, as a full trilogy. Um, but yeah, I was shocked to, to kind of feel the same way, like to realize when I was doing these notes, I was like, you didn't love it. And I think also knowing like Okay, like watching the animated series as a kid, which both of us did. That was our original, you know, Batman yeah. experience, really. There could be in one episode the whole uh, family of, of villains. Oh, yeah. You could have Joker. You could have, you, you know, have the whole face Riddler, all of yeah. them at, together. And so when I think about Batman, I think about the villains because he has the best rose yeah. gallery of any comic book character in the history of comic book characters Mm -hmm. my opinion um (laughs) so i was hoping there'd be better villains at that age i was i was thinking like oh you know no riddler no joker we did get the joker sort of but um but now also thinking about like it it, 
for an origin story of Batman, the theme of fear is so perfect. Fear is what drives him to become Batman. Mm-hmm. Fear is the thing that he wants to drive into the criminals of Gotham, you mm-hmm. know, and be that symbol that that creates that fear in them. Yeah. And then so uh, your villain has to be Scarecrow. Yeah. Fear, right? Yeah, so brilliant. Looking at it now it is a brilliant choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no what, way around. What were some of your favorite moments of this movie? I mean, aside from, you know, Batman action. Um. Well, I love Batman on the train. Like Batman fighting the League of Shadows mm-hmm. on the train. I think that's great. Uh, the scene with uh, Batman and Liam Neeson uh, training on the ice. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I really like when he his first night out as Batman, uh, as full on Batman, where he's at the trailers with uh, Falcone and like they do the whole flash fighting like they're shooting the guns. But you see little snippets of him. And the reason no one did that, he was really the only person to kind of utilize that at the time, that flash fighting um, is to to show how how much quicker he was. Yeah. And like your average thug and for it to look sort of confusing, like what's happening yeah. because that's what Batman's supposed to be. Like, yeah. you know, you Falcone's looking up like, what's going on? What's going on? I can't tell. There's yeah. just some guy in the middle here flying around, beating the crap out of all my dudes and he can't yeah. see him because he's yeah. so fast. Yeah. So looking at it, like it's from the perspective of the bad guys. Yeah. And creating like, what that the sense heck is of going life. on. Yeah. That mystery sort of. <laughs> yeah. And how he Batmans them like Batman's a verb now. When you come down on someone, it's Batmaning. Um, like when me and Rev are playing Fortnite or something, if someone drops down on us and just like causes mass confusion and ends up killing both of us, we're like, God, he Batmaned us. Or when you're standing next to somebody and then they turn away and then they turn back and look at you and you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're gone. That's also, that's also yeah. Batmaning. That's also Batmaning. Um, uh, and I think uh, another one of my favorite moments is seeing and, and what Pattinson's did so well recently is those first few segments where he's like falling, where he like the first time he talks to Gordon and he's like, you know, now there's more of us stuff for my signal. And like he fell <laughs> coming down the he tried to jump down the scaffolding and he fell and he was like, yeah. oh, God, that hurt. Um, seeing the, the bumps and bruises gradually. If I'm not mistaken, Batman Begins is the only, like, Batman origin story movie. The the Rob Pattinson one wasn't a true, or I mean, like, he was already... like year two. Yeah. Yeah. This is year one. Uh, And they took a lot from the year one comic. Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, this this is the first origin at the time. This is the only one, though, right? Yeah, the only one, really. Yeah. Um, and what, it's, what's crazy to think about is it's like it's the only one that's an origin, but every Batman always has that flashback of the shooting. Yeah, uh, that's and true. this one picking up with young Bruce, like him at the courtroom with Joe Chill mm-hmm. and the fact that he was going to shoot him anyways. And Falcone got it done for him and. Like that whole scene too is one of my favorites where he goes to Falcone's club and he's in the booth with Falcone and 
that whole diatribe between the two of them, like Falcone's just yeah. basically telling him the way of the world. And God, he also talks about fear. He's like, you know, that's fear because I could do this. And all these guys around here aren't going to do anything about yeah. it. They're going to look the other way. You've got a that's judge something. over there. You've got three yeah. officers of the law over there and I could shoot you right here and they wouldn't do a thing. That's fear. Mr. Wayne. Yeah. That's something you don't just buy. Yeah. And, and, having Tom Wilkinson as Falcone was a, was a brilliant casting because he's a strong performer um, in everything he does. Um, but speaking of cast, uh, we got some, some interesting stuff here about the cast. So what were your initial thoughts as uh, when you saw Christian Bell was going to be Batman? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I probably wasn't even really sure who Christian Bell was at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I will say it took me a few years to realize that he was British because he did, he's one of those method actors. Yeah. So he did all those press conferences mm-hmm. and interviews and stuff with an American accent. And so I saw all that stuff. Yeah. And I had no idea. Well, we didn't have social media at the time. No. So we didn't know a lot of the, I, I, I had seen him in, uh, the rain of fire. Is that the dragon movie he did with mm-hmm. McConaughey? I'd yeah. seen him in that. Uh, and that's about it that I knew of Christian Bell. Well, we also seen him as in the news. We, we had seen him in Pocahontas. We just didn't know it. We yeah. had heard his voice. rather. We had heard his voice. He yeah. had a little spot in that. Yes, we had heard his voice. So a little fun fact about Christian Bell's Batman. Uh, there was a long list of people who either auditioned or were in initial consideration uh, for the part of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Other than Christian Bell, there was Joshua Jackson. I could see it. Elon Bailey. I don't know who that is. Me neither. Ashton Kutcher. No way. I love Ashton Kutcher. But yeah. No, no. Hugh Dancy. Don't know who that is. is. David Duchovny from X-Files. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe billy crudup uh i know who that is but i can't picture him right now yeah Heath Ledger. who is that oh google oh yeah okay i know this guy he was in almost famous and big fish mi3 public enemies yeah okay dr manhattan and the watchman yep yeah um yeah i could i could see that yeah I think he'd have been decent. Uh, Heath Ledger. I, I think he could have done it, too. Uh, he was actually, like, would have sit-downs with Nolan discussing it. And when they finally realized, like, no, he wouldn't be good for the part, Nolan remembered him when it came time for Dark Knight. Killian Murphy, who actually went into screen tests with mm-hmm. the suit on that you can I, find. Yeah. Henry Cavill. Would have uh, been great. Yeah, would have been great. Jake Gyllenhaal. Maybe. At the time, no. Now, yes. Uh, and Keanu Reeves. Definitely. I mean, he has played Batman now mm-hmm. on the uh, Super, Super Pets. Pets. Yeah. But in the Killian Murphy stuff that, you know, you can you can find on YouTube his screen, his screen testings in the outfit. Maybe we are suffering from already seeing him as Scarecrow and seeing Christian Bell as Batman. That if you go back and watch his screen test, it's not as good. But at the time, you know, if I try to ignore that, I'm like, eh, it wouldn't have been my pick if it wasn't Christian Bell. You know, I probably would have leaned more on Henry Cavill uh, or Billy Crudup. 
I'm sure he would have bulked up and everything, but yeah. when I think of him, I just think about how scrawny he is. Mm-hmm. He's very thin. You know, uh, and if you watch him in Peaky Blinders now, if you strip away the accent, like, okay, now he could play him. <laughs> like, now Killian Murphy could play him. Yeah, man, I mean, that was a long list of people. Some are laughable, I think, like Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, and look, Ashton Kutcher can do serious acting. He can. He can. And I think Ashton Kutcher is underrated. And yeah. people can laugh at me for saying that. That's fine. He he did this show on Netflix called The Ranch. Yeah. That was, uh, it's a, a comedy. It's a sitcom, but there's a lot of really heavy, deep stuff in it. And he was great. I have fond memories of him on that 70s show. Yeah. So I think Ashton Kutcher is is wonderful, but I just don't see him as a Batman. But Christian Bale ultimately gave us a phenomenal uh, performance yeah. as Batman. Uh, was Bruce Wayne? I questioned his Batman a lot because of the voice. Yeah, I think I got it. I understood, you know, yes. why Batman needed to be gruff and intimidating. But it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, and there there's times where you can't really discern what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. Like, after all these years, I still will stand by. I don't like the Bale Batman voice. Yeah. Despite the opinion, I guess, that most people hold of the Snyder uh, movies, the Ben Affleck voice changer thing makes the most sense out of any other Batman. Like, that's, of course, he would do that. Yeah. Why had no one else done that before? Yeah. They handled that the best. Yeah. Katie Holmes is Rachel Dawes. I've always loved Katie Holmes. I know she was, you know, wrapped up for years in a crazy marriage with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, but I've always loved Katie Holmes uh, from the days of Dawson Creek's Dawson's Creek as a kid. She was in this movie with Colin Farrell called Phone Booth. Keith Sutherland was in it, too. Yeah, I remember that. Fantastic movie. Another one of those movies that I'm like, Kiefer Sutherland gave us a phenomenal. You never see him. You just hear him the whole time. On she was the uh, the pumpkin on How Much Your she Mother. She was the slutty pumpkin on How Much Your Mother. She gets dogged on for this one all the time. And look, perhaps this is the hot take of the episode. I liked her better than Maggie Gyllenhaal. I did too. I hated that they recast her. And yeah. the second one. That was one of my biggest gripes about the second one is if you're gonna if she's not able to do it, find someone better. Like I really that's gonna I can't really say with that with no offense because that does sound very offensive. <laughs> um, but I she I liked her way better than Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, and there's just something she brings to screen, anything she's in, of just like this timeless innocence that she brings to screen right whatever she's in uh katie holmes does and i've always been a fan of katie holmes Uh, this part was actually specifically written for her rachel dawes does not exist in the dc comics it was written for the movie for katie holmes uh but if she was unable to do it there were some backups claire danes who would have been great Mm, i love her uh sarah michelle geller uh, Rachel Love McAdams. Love her. Uh, and uh, Reese Witherspoon were all kind of on retention in case Katie Holmes said no. I love all of those ladies. 
I don't see Reese Witherspoon in a Batman movie. No. Something about it just doesn't fit for me. No. Uh, she was the only one that, and well, at the time, Rachel McAdams, you know, she hadn't even done the notebook yet, has she? Um, she, had done, she had done Mean Girls. She had done Mean Girls. Pretty sure. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I could see Rachel as, as uh, Rachel. Uh, but I definitely could see Claire Dane. She's a phenomenal actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yo, uh, and this is, I, I feel like this is such an underrated movie. There's this movie called Stardust. Have you seen it? Yes. I love Stardust. She I is saw phenomenal. It in the she was so good in Stardust. She's also fantastic in the show Homeland. If you haven't seen Homeland, it's amazing. I've seen bits and pieces. Oh, she's so good. And if, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, She's Juliet in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. You are correct. Leo DiCaprio. She yeah, is, she is. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's, that's a, a pretty interesting list of ladies. If she said no, luckily she said yes for this one. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't return for the sequel. Moving on, Killian Murphy as Dr. Crane slash Scarecrow. Now, as we just discussed, he originally auditioned for Batman, um, which was intriguing, but... <laughs> as dr crane is fantastic yep it's every scene he's in there's this i mean obviously like even even in the scene where he's in the courtroom or outside the courtroom with people around i still found it like he could do something right now and i wouldn't be shocked like he always his performance always kind of had you like is he gonna do something here Mm-hmm. um just eerie and uh I, I mean his scarecrow was great when he had the mask on and and the voice and stuff and all that but i i initially when i saw this was more shocked by there was way more scenes without him as scarecrow he was just dr crane mostly and he took that mask off a lot mm-hmm. you know just to talk or you know it only really served one purpose, which was to scare people. And I and I got it. I got it. But, you know, also coming from the animated world where Scarecrow is Scarecrow the entire time, he's rarely outside of his yeah. Scarecrow getup. And uh, it was different. He, he suggested the change in the look to, you know, so he didn't actually look like a Scarecrow. He just had the, the sack mask or yeah. whatever. I thought that worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's much more down to earth and real. Yeah, I mean they pretty much did a different look on all the villains that we see, mm-hmm. um, and they all work. And they all are kind of grounded in reality. Yeah, you know they're they're very real villains that could happen without a vat of acid or without a freak scientific accident or toxins, pl- you know, creating bane. Uh, the villains that we get in Nolan's trilogy are very grounded in reality, which we hadn't really seen. And it was, it was, it was a good change. But after his audition uh, for Batman, Nolan loved him so much. He asked him to come back for Scarecrow. Christopher Nolan was so entranced by his blue eyes that he would purposely write blocking in where Crane would remove his glasses a lot. Just because he was entranced by those, those baby blues. Some characters, some some actors that were suggested for Crane before he called Killian Murphy back. Marilyn Manson. No. Christopher Edelston, 
who I don't know by name. Ewan McGregor. I love I love Ewan McGregor, but I don't like him as a villain. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love him as Black Mask. I thought he was fine, but yeah, yeah I wasn't like wow. Black yeah. Mask was great, you know. Yeah. And Jeremy Davies, who I do not know. I'm gonna look that guy I'm up right here. Very intrigued by the thought of Marilyn Manson <laughs> as uh, Dr. Crane. Jeremy Davies. Well, he is an American film and television actor known for playing Ray Abelli in Spanking the Monkey. <laughs> he was, oh, he was in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay. He was Corporal Upham. Upham. Oh, Upham. Uh, he's also. Oh, he was yeah. in Lost, of course. Yeah, he was in Lost. He is also in, uh, it's kind of a funny story. He was the, he wore the hat, had the long hair. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's five points for trying, man. Yeah. He'd have been pretty good, maybe. Especially after Lost. Seeing him in Lost. He could have been Crane, I guess. I've never oh, known him by his dude, name, Jeremy Davies. <laughs> dude, he's been on The Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. He was Dr. Destiny. Oh, he had the book. He was the first time we he tried to change his destiny with the book. Elseworlds. Right. Yeah, he was in Elseworlds. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Well, there you go. He'd have been pretty good, I guess. But Killian yeah. Murphy is Dr. Crane, just chef's kiss. Yeah, and and then he comes back in all the uh, all the other ones, all the other ones. So. Yeah, even if it's a bit part, that's what that I think that's a testament to how much no one loved working with him. Yeah, and it's always good to have those little ties yeah. to your previous yeah editions. Uh, exactly. Whatever. Michael Caine as Alfred Pennyworth. We've never had a bad Alfred. No. Nope. Any rendition. Never. We've never had a bad Alfred. No. Show, movie, doesn't matter. Never had Because everybody it. loves Alfred. Yeah. Michael Caine, which is hard to say his name without saying it. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> I, I love Michael Caine and whatever he does, especially <laughs> Secondhand Lions. Oh, yeah. Movie. yeah. Okay. Other than Batman, what's the first thing you think of when you think about Michael Caine, like movie-wise? Well, Secondhand Lions. Oh, yeah, you just said that. Okay. <laughs> is yours Austin Powers? No. Oh, what is it? That was my second one. <laughs> Miss Congeniality. <laughs> with Sandy B. He's the, he's the coach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't do nothing with her. Oh, God. What have you brought me? <laughs> he is hilarious. <laughs> oh, he's been seeing both of them. I don't think so William Shatner was in the second one yeah I knew Shatner back. was in both uh, I don't remember but the second one wasn't very good no oh didn't, gosh didn't uh yeah <laughs> couldn't couldn't top that first one it's you, a classic Gracie Lou Rebush <laughs> what's the talent you have Oh, you can't do that on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's a oh, good. My. That's a good role to remember. I love Michael Caine uh, as as Alfred. Uh, the <coughs> the the moments where you know he's also on that list of 
those characters that you you lean towards you know like when alfred's around and giving you advice everything's fine everything's okay everything's going to be okay one of the arkham games it's the one that was sort of like a side like origins, uh, origins. yeah the one that they didn't do a re-release of mm-hmm. there was a part in that game where alfred almost dies and you have to like come back to the cave and take your electric gloves and like yeah. shock him and wake him back up as yeah. the most stressed out I've ever been in a Batman game. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, Alfred. No, <laughs> I would have been devastated. Yeah. Well, it would have, it would have destroyed the continuity of the other. And here's one thing, one early redemption of Batman and Robin. Okay. It's Thanksgiving. So I'm being very giving. Okay. Yeah. To one uh joel schumacher yeah okay how did i how why was i invested in batman and robin when i saw it in theaters as a kid because alfred was sick and i wanted him to not die yeah i was invested that so, was the plot we were all on board for we there were like, oh, is no, your no, no. when we make our list of pros of redemptions to batman and robin you got a sneak peek right here folks you got a preview you got a sneak uh, peek of the only pro. <laughs> the, we, the list is done, so we don't even have to do the episode. We made it a story about Alfred. <laughs> this was actually the first movie that Christopher Nolan did with Michael Caine. Uh, and Michael Caine has been in every Christopher Nolan movie every since. Every single one. Originally, Sir Anthony Hopkins was considered for the role of Alfred, but he declined. Hmm. As great as Sir Anthony Hopkins is, and I think he could do it, he's very strong on camera. He, yes. Uh, we were about to say something very similar. I, I might not have said this if it hadn't been for him being Odin, right? Yeah. But he comes across very regal. He's mm. very, like, very kingly, right? Yeah. And yeah. I just don't feel like that would work for Alfred. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine actually based his character voice on a colonel he knew in the army. And he signed on specifically to work with Nolan, who he had called a brilliant writer. He had always wanted to work with Christopher Nolan. Of course, Michael Caine went on to work with Christian Bell again in The Prestige. Oh, that's a great movie. Fantastic movie. Also, Christopher Nolan. Brilliant movie. Love The Prestige. So good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Now, Anything Morgan Freeman does. I love Morgan Freeman. (laughs) I do love strawberry shortcakes. He could read me a bedtime story and I would I would build him an Oscar to give him. (laughs) Everyone mostly knows Freeman because of the voice, his narration style voice, uh, the fact that he plays God uh, in the Evan and Bruce Almighty movies. But Morgan Freeman is Lucius Fox, man. I mean, this is the first time Lucius Fox had been in the live action world, even though he was a big character in the comics. Uh, he was in this version. He's sort of like really key to the whole identity factor because, yeah, yeah like when Bruce Wayne buys millions of dollars worth of armor and weapons and stuff like that, how is nobody like tracing it? Like, oh, we can figure out who bought this stuff that Batman yeah. uses or whatever. Yeah. Well, there no one's gonna find what Batman's using in this because he's got all the prototypes. Yeah, he's Lucius the only is, one who has it. Lucius is literally cooking the books for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucius is the R and D department, and his performances with 
Christian Beller, great. Uh, I hate that we got we didn't get a lot of him and Michael Caine on camera together in the trilogy. I, I think the two of them in scenes are great mm-hmm. uh, when the, the very few that actually happened. And the fun thing about Morgan Freeman is he is an avid Batman fan and has read the comics since he was nine years old. Now that I didn't know. That is really cool. That is really cool to know that Morgan Freeman is a Batman guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Lawrence Fishburne was originally considered for this role, which would have been okay. That would have been fine. But it would have been a different Lucius. It would have just been different. Or I don't know if Lawrence Fishburne could have played this Lucius Fox. Lawrence Fishburne's Lucius Fox would have had to been more active. He'd have fought. He'd have actually fought people. Have I told my story about seeing Lawrence Fishburne in a one-man show at the Kennedy Center? You've told me. You haven't mentioned it on the show. On the well, show. I mean, that's the story. I saw him in a one-man show at the Kennedy Center. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Yeah. Hot takes from JD. Uh, it was... Uh, was it good? Cow. Thurgood. It was Thurgood. It was about Thurgood Marshall. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was, he was incredible. I bet. He was, yeah. And uh, a one-man show is hard to do. I mean, I imagine I've never done it. You're never on stage. It's also, if you're not doing it right, it can be really hard to watch. You know, it's the same guy for two hours. Um, (laughs) And I was going into it thinking, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to be great. I'm excited (laughs) to see Morpheus, but But, other than that, I don't know. But it, it was excellent. It's hit or miss. I've seen two one-man shows. One was more of a storytelling, and it was fantastic. Uh, And the other one-man show I saw was bad, which made me wonder why the Tennessee Theater. Of course, I was a junior in high school when I saw it, so my mind wasn't like, oh, this is quality stuff he's doing. It was more of the, this is one man. We're watching one man for two hours. Do you remember the family guy? scene this really old brian goes to some guy's one-man show and it's this one dude on stage like he's wearing a hat and he'll turn it backwards and he'll do the mailman voice and then he'll change his face and he'll do like a grandma voice and it was just like really bad it's like that's what i imagine a lot of one-man shows are like it's like one guy doing a bunch of voices but this was a one-man show where he played one character like telling his life story Um, it was great Well, there was that stint where we had the Bob Nelson comedy show in Pigeon Forge that I worked at. I remember. And he was a one man comedy troupe. He played characters that to this day, uh, today would would be very culturally inappropriate. Um, But (laughs) looking past that, he would throw on glasses and come out of one door and then he'd go back in and he'd come out a door with a hat on and he'd be a totally different character. His was door work. Every door he walked out, he was a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny, but looking at it now, I'm like, ooh, I don't think you'd survive in entertainment today, Bob, because some of those characters, like he'd play an Asian character named, named Wong or something like that. Oh, no. He did the whole accent and, you know, made his eyes beady and he was a nosy neighbor. And then the other one was mentally ill or or you know deficient uh he also played a gay football player and and so it's like very inappropriate remember when wwe had eugene yes 
Yes. You if do you're listen today. If you're listening to this and you are not a wrestling fan and you don't know what we're talking about, do yourself a favor. Take yourself about two minutes out of your day. Pause YouTube WWE Eugene. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Definitely. Or I'm, or I'm sorry if you're a yeah. but it's apologies. It's, the point I'm making is it is a sight to behold. Yes, it is. And you could not do it today. Um, so moving forward, Gary Oldman is Jim Gordon. Oh, anything Gary Incredible. does. Yeah. I love Gary Oldman. Even if he was playing a sack of potatoes, they would be the greatest sack of potatoes on screen oh, yeah. you've ever seen. Uh, whether he's playing a, a character or a straight man, he's phenomenal. Uh, he signed on uh, without seeing the script. He memorized his lines on the flight over to his first scene. Yeah. You know what, though? We've been there. Let's be real. Yes. You yeah. and I, I know for a fact we've been there. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> not that we aren't quick. consummate professionals, yeah. but uh, sometimes yeah. things happen. Yeah. Uh, still memorizing some lines on opening night. I've been there. Recently. I've not. No, I've not been there. I'd have a been there attack. recently, like this show. Yeah, <laughs> I've had to reestablish some lines on opening night. Like, oh shit, that is one of mine. <laughs> Initially, Jim Gordon was uh, considered to be Kurt Russell. Mm. Eh, maybe, maybe Chris Cooper. I could see that one. Yes, or Dennis Quaid. I don't see that one. I don't either. Thank God Gary Oldman said yes. Uh, Cause I could Chris Cooper. I could see more than the other two, but man, Gary. Oldman. Well, I think um, I feel like Dennis Quaid might be a little too handsome to be Gordon. Don't you think? Does that make sense? Like it does it make sense? And Kurt Russell is a handsome guy, but like he can also pull off the sort of gruff kind of look. Yeah, and I think Gordon should look like. I mean, he shouldn't be like a, you know, a handsome dude. Yeah. So he's older, mustache, little gruff, little gruff, yeah. making his way in this terrible city, trying to stay straight and not be a corrupt cop. So I yeah, mean, there's a certain the, look that has to come with it. God, this was 2005. So how long ago was that? 17 years. Oh ago? yeah, yeah, 17 yeah. years ago. Whew. His character and appearance were based off of the year one Jim Gordon, which I picked up on that, like in the theaters. I remember distinctly looking at Caleb saying like, oh, he's the year one Jim Gordon. And they, yeah. they did a fantastic job at capturing that. Gordon's son in this one is played by Jack Gleason, who is none other than Joffrey. In Game was, of that, was, was that his son? Yeah, he played his son. Because when they're, uh, when Batman's at his apartment or whatever, the kid comes out of Gordon's apartment. So what I'm looking at here just says he's a young admirer of Batman. Because I thought that too. And then when I saw, when I rewatched it in preparation for this, I got the sense that he wasn't his son. Maybe oh, it's either his son or an maybe he's just a kid who lives in yeah. that same apartment building. Yeah, I don't think it's his son. I mean, 
you might have a, a different source here telling you otherwise, but what I'm seeing here says he is just an admirer, a young admirer of Batman. Well, that's Jack Gleason. Yeah. Goes on to play one of the most vilified characters in television. So vilified to the point where he quit acting. That just means he did a great job, though. Yeah. Because of all the death threats the kid was getting by human beings for a job he did. What a compliment, though. I'll never understand that. Like, If you think about it. If you don't like their character, if you didn't like, like the poor girl who played Rose in the sequels. You know how I feel about the sequels. As Kelly, uh, Kelly Marie. Tran. Tran. But what, but <coughs> she was doing a job she was given. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I would never like, I, I have my qualms with the sequels. I think we both know that the listeners know that, but I could never bring myself to like threaten someone's life on social media because I disagreed with their character arc mm-hmm. or choices they made. Yeah. Cause I like, what if Friday you come see the show and you disagree with the choice I make in the play and you angrily tweet at me? I'm like people are doing well, that. Like, that's probably just- I would hold a, grudge against you for years and years similar to uh sheldon cooper and will wheaton ah. uh and every time i spoke your name i would spit it uh yeah. because you had ruined a character yeah the origin of a character yeah. that i loved dearly yeah uh but i don't know anything about hating celebrities though yeah yeah I'm not I'm- even hayden christensen i love him <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, so uh, this is one of the few movies in his career that he's actually playing a good guy. If you look at his entire list of movies, he is typically the bad guy. And one of his best performances in a, in a movie, um, besides The Fifth Element, is Dracula. His Dracula mm-hmm. is my go-to to watch if I'm looking for a Dracula story. Yeah. And a lot of it is because Gary Oldman is Dracula. He, and you, well, you know what? What's interesting is that in Harry Potter, he is playing a good guy, but he's a good guy who is perceived as a bad guy. Yeah, perceived so, as a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I can't say enough about Gary Oldman as an actor and of course as Jim Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson as uh, Ducard slash Razal Ghul. Um, what are your thoughts on Liam Neeson as in this? Uh, Knowing, I have to say, it's going to be some hot take that I'm admitting is initially I did not like it. Like okay. when that turn happened and he showed up as the actual Razal Ghul. I didn't like it because it wasn't the Ra's al Ghul, you know, from the yeah. anime series. It wasn't that foreign tongue, you know, the green cape, the, the demon's head. They weren't yeah. playing the Lazarus pit Ra's al Ghul. Um, so it took me a little while to appreciate this different take and it being Liam Neeson. Um, but what were your initial thoughts of Liam Neeson? I would have really only known Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon at this time. Yeah. So 
uh, I like Liam Neeson in that mentor role because mm-hmm. I that's what I know him as, right? Yeah. Um. So I I liked him that the scene where they're having the the training on the ice mm-hmm. is one of my favorite scenes. It's one of the coolest scenes in the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. So I like him, and I like the big reveal at the end because I think the fact that he does play the mentor character so much makes you not suspect that yeah that's gonna happen. He's actually Rise All Ghoul. Fun fact about that, uh, they actually, while they were filming it, were terrified because they could hear ice really cracking under them. Mm. And like the two actors were like, one of us is going to fall through this thing. And Yeah. And, and I saw a thing that uh, like Christian Bell put his sword down on the ground or something because they mm-hmm. were out in the middle of nowhere. And they were like, oh, just leave it there. It'll, it'll be here tomorrow. And like it snowed or flooded or something overnight. And then the swords were frozen like way down several feet below where they left them. And they're wow. still there today. That's awesome. Wherever it was that they filmed that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so he was hesitant at first because he liked Superman better and always thought the world of Batman was scary. So what? He was a Superman fan. We're not making Superman right now, Liam. <laughs> um, We're talking about Batman. Two people turned down this part before Liam Neeson, Vigo Mortensen, our King Aragorn himself. Um, okay. And fine. Daniel Day-Lewis, who I am a huge fan of. He would have been, think he been phenomenal in this role. Especially if you were trying to play it up like the animated version. He'd yeah. have been excellent. Oh, he'd have been phenomenal. I think Vigo uh, was, might have been a little too young still. Yeah, he'd have still been too young, and, and it just would have been played so different. I say that, but how old is he compared to Liam Neeson? Let us find They're out. They're probably actually like the same age. Yeah, I say that, and then <laughs> I think, you know. Yeah. Liam Neeson is 70. I bet he's 68. 64. 64, okay. So he's a little younger, but and that's because we, we saw him as Aragorn yeah. still. So it's like, oh, yeah, he's the Always. King of Gondor. <laughs> he can't play Ra's al Ghul. Uh, but Daniel Day, man, God, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, and Guy Pierce was also considered for this role. Mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have saw Guy Pierce as it. Uh, but we landed with Liam. Uh, I think li- looking back now, <laughs> um, you know, as we said about this entire movie, uh, I learned to enjoy it more for, you know, it's more grounded in reality. There's no Lazarus pit, you know, he's not the head of the demon, but yeah, I like it. Uh, and I also loved his, his little return cameo in dark Knight rises too. Uh, that was pretty cool. As for awards, yeah. it was nominated for an Oscar in best achievement in cinematography, which if you look at a lot of Nolan's movies, a lot of his movies either win or are nominated in cinematography because he had rope. I saw a little fact somewhere, and uh, I mean, this I can't confirm this, but said something like the average length of a shot in Batman Begins is like less than five seconds. Yes, yeah, it's less than five seconds. Yeah, that's every crazy. shot. And he had no second union. He did not allow a second unit. He oversaw everything. There was yeah. one unit of filming, no second unit. It's interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, it was also nominated for 79 other awards with 13 wins out of those 79. Some Saturn Awards, BAFTA, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some unknown nerdledge about Batman Begins. Uh, Christian Bale's active dislike for his uncomfortable Batman outfit helped his performance as the Dark Knight as he was perpetually really in a foul mood wearing the suit. The more I hear about Christian Bale, the more I feel like this man is the uh, biggest of divas. Sounds like it. I mean, you remember the big thing where he went on the rant in the Terminator set because some guy yeah. walked through a shot or something? Yes. Yeah. And he, he was kind of in a foul mood during Thor because he didn't like filming with all this blue screen and digital uh, stuff. He said he had a miserable time because there wasn't a lot of organic acting. Well, bless his heart. Yeah. Although Christian Bell performed many of his own stunts, he wasn't allowed anywhere near the Batmobile. <laughs> I wonder why that is. I saw that one as well, and I never uh, huh? heard a reason why. Is he just a terrible driver? Maybe. Does, does he have narcolepsy? Does he have his license? I don't know. Was don't he know. unable to adapt to driving on the right side of the road like we do in the <laughs> States? I mean, like we do in America. The way it ought to be. <laughs> Uh, no, and Christian Bale revealed in interviews in 2009 that in his first scene with Sir Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman, where he wakes up in bed, uh, he actually fell asleep after getting <laughs> yeah. ready for the scene. And Bale described waking up to find Sir Michael Caine poking him in the ribs, saying, look at that. He's bloody falling asleep. That method acting, man. God, imagine waking up and there's Michael Caine. And I want been waiting on you. I want to do this one because this is my favorite thing. Okay. So they shot this one in Chicago and a person crashed into the Batmobile, the big bat tank. And he was apparently drunk. And he said he hit the car in a state of panic because he thought that the dark Knights vehicle was an invading alien spacecraft. Can you blame him? No. For driving drunk. Yes, you can. Yes. But, for thinking it was a spaceship, uh, I can see it. I love how his first reaction was to, I've got to save this city. I'm going to ram my car into it. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes, people. He oh. was looking out for us. Some I mean, of them drink bush beer and live in Chicago. <laughs> but could you imagine being in, behind the wheel and seeing it and thinking, oh, God, they're here. The only answer is I'm going to have to ram my car into this thing and say, this humanity. is the day I've been waiting for boys, <laughs> just like at, at the end of independence day, when that one crazy pilot guy flew his plane. Into yeah. The mothership. He's like, I'm going to crash this thing. It's like, welcome to earth. I'm taking one for the team. <laughs> uh, in an interview with movie phone, uh, Christian Bell said that he became interested in playing Batman after a friend loaned him the graphic novel Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. In 2000, after he read it, he told his agent if anyone was ever making another Batman movie, he wanted in. A little respect there. A little respect. Well, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've seen a few superhero movies in my day. I've read a few comic books. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, if, if anybody is looking for some superheroes, yeah. I'm in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this movie inspired James Bond producer Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli 
to reboot the James Bond film franchise and reinvent the character of British secret agent James Bond, making him much darker and much more realistic with Casino Royale in 2006. So because of this movie, they felt Bond needed a change. Interesting. Now that one I didn't know. It's interesting. Mm, A lot of people are going to... Here's my hot take for the episode. I am not a fan of Daniel Craig's Bond. I've only seen one of them, which might even be a hotter take. Yeah. And it's not because I'm a Bond Nazi. I'm not like, you know, oh, I've read them all or I've... He's blonde headed. Oh God, it's darker. It's not like that. I just, I've never been a big Daniel Craig fan. So it's really more. For what's wrong with him? It's just my personal opinion, man. Like, I just don't love. It's his face. It's that, it's that that face. That stupid Daniel Craig face. I don't like the way he looked at me one time. (laughs) He gave me a bad look at a Comic-Con. I hated (laughs) him ever since. He's my Uh. Will Wheaton. Oh, wait. Um, uh, I also don't love Jude Law. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think these are forgivable things. Yeah. Jude Law and, and Daniel Craig and Daniel uh, Craig. I, I think it's acceptable. It's but I like did him. like Daniel Craig and Knives Out, even though I didn't. I don't love that director. Well, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That director did a great job on that movie. He did on that movie. Uh, So moving forward, Christian Bell lost his voice three times during filming after altering his voice for playing Batman. Just three. Maybe that should have been an indication that he should not do it like that. Yeah. Uh, I did notice, though, because I know the Dark Knight so well and this one not as well, uh, because I think I told you off air. I've probably seen Batman Begins like less than five times. Yeah. I noticed that the Batman voice was not nearly as prominent uh, or as forced as it is in the later ones. Yeah. Writer and director Christopher Nolan decided that there would be no second unit, as I said, and the whole 129 shooting days, he was at everyone personally. It reminds me of Peter Jackson. Yeah. The language used by Ken Wintavi is neither Japanese nor Tibetan nor in fact any known language at all. It's supposedly some gibberish, he says, he made up himself for the role, though the subtitle is listed as Urdu. Yeah. But it's just some gibberish he spoke for Ross Uncle. I thought all that League of Shadows stuff was so great. The whole yes. sequence of him training there and like, With I'm going to be flower. a thief and live among the thieves and understand what I'm fighting against. And yeah. <laughs> the, like, they're hiding among you know the, yeah. the crowd uh, yeah I, I thought all that was great yeah i enjoyed that uh none of the big name cast members were initially told that the movie was a batman movie as the script they were sent was titled the intimidation game sir michael kane commented that when he first saw the title he assumed the script was some kind of gangster movie <laughs> understandable And finally, at the time of the movie's release, Forbes magazine did a breakdown of how much it would actually cost to become Batman. The the magazine estimated the total expense of the suit would be around $3.5 million. Is that all? Yeah, for the suit. That's crazy. And it makes you wonder what our ridiculous billionaires are doing. Like, you have all this money and you're not trying to be Batman? 
What's wrong with these people? You'd like to be more like Lex Luthor than Batman? Like, shame. It's a shame. Final thoughts, my friend. Batman Begins. I am thankful that Batman Begins happened because it led to one of, in my opinion, the greatest uh, films of all time, The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it immensely more now because Mm -hmm. of The Dark Knight. If it wasn't for The Dark Knight, it'd be kind of forgettable, I think. Yeah. But as far as origin stories go, thought they did a great job. I love the the uh, theme of fear and how everything tracks back to the theme of fear throughout the whole movie. I like that it was a new, fresh take on Batman coming out of the 90s. And I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I would agree. Diving back into this first movie and like playing around on IMDb and stuff is realizing is that in the 90s and the the four that we got in the 90s, late 80s and the 90s, all the Oscar award winning actors and actresses were villains. In Nolan's trilogy, most of the Oscar award winning actors and actresses are heroes like Alfred and Batman and Lucius and Gary Oldman and all them. But if you go back, you have Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer and Tommy Lee Jones and Uma Thurman and all that. So it's like, it's cool that, you know, all the kind of to see the, the differences, but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a lot more the older I got. And as you said, the further we went into the trilogy, it's, it's very rare in entertainment that you see a sequel not just better than the first but make the first better yes very rare yeah that that happens in entertainment and it happens with the next installment that we'll talk about in the next episode the dark knight which i'm very you can tell we're very excited about um, yeah. it's uh i can't wait listeners what are your thoughts batman begins what are your memories let us know favorite moments thank you for tuning in to this or as we said, we're very excited to get to the next episode on The Dark Knight. If you love The Dark Knight, if you've disliked The Dark Knight, you know, before we get to the episode, let us know. Send us in your thoughts on The Dark Knight. We'll talk about them in the episode. We have got to get uh, a special guest for next week. Okay. His name is Jerry Malloy. Jerry Malloy. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> and I, I'm only halfway kidding here. I know. I think we should at least ask for a written comment or something from our former theater teacher. Okay. Who said that Aaron Eckhart, who is wonderful, completely overshadowed yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah. 19, 20 year old uh, JD and Tyler said, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we did the Jerry laugh in his class. Sir, you are mistaken. I'm about Greatly. to leave this class. You might just the daggum mad. I will withdraw immediately. I've been drinking green tea all day. <laughs> you about to bring and the demons out of me? We have only talked about this for 14 years. Yeah. That yeah. he made this comment. Yeah. We didn't get him. We should get Logan, who I think that was the last class Logan showed up for. Oh, man. That I don't think Logan be- showed up ever again. Yeah. I'm not saying that's why. But it might have had a factor. <laughs> it definitely influenced it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds and Nerdettes, let us know your love for the, the Nolan verse. Uh, we'll talk about it. On, we'll read it out. So uh, please send those 30nerdypod at gmail.com. 
And when we talk about our sponsors and stuff, uh, and you hear the commercials, please take the time to go follow them on their social medias. Even if you are not in a location that you can uh, patron them, like OEB or, or Encore Theatrical, follow them on social media. Yeah, If that's all you can do to support them, we, we hope that you'll take the time to do that. It costs nothing to look. It's true. Juice, you have a great rest of your week at school. Thank you, sir. And I guess I will see you Friday night. I'll be there. Be there or be be there or be square, as they say. I well, I will be there, there because I do not want to be square. You don't want to be square. I'm anything but that. Stay classy, nerds. Stay kind to yourself. Stay kind to one another. And as always, cheers to you. Two dudes who met back in college Nobody loved pop culture more So they started a podcast to talk all about it And 30 and Nerdy was born Oh, 30 and Nerdy was born You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher Or movies like Lord of the Rings And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel While Tyler goes more for DC Yes, Tyler goes more for DC Now come, come, one and all Nerd up or shut up, just answer the call To be part of our journey into magical worlds Join us and cheers to ya nerds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. You really don't think Uma Thurman counts as uh, as a redemption? Oh well, yeah. Uma Thurman. I mean, her lines weren't great. No. And her acting wasn't great. But she, but she looked, looked great. great. Yeah. We'll get to that. I promise. We're getting to that episode. We will have, when things calm down, we'll, we will do a big redemption. I mean, it's got to be big. Yeah, it's going to be huge. <laughs>